Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 298 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Long as running up a side of wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff and sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother. Not storyline brother Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. Scott, what's going on, dude? You know, usually I have something to, to like start the show off with, like something happened and whatever, but not this week. It's actually been pretty quiet. Like work has been so busy. It's just like, you know, now I'm singing the same song as you. Like work is super busy. But no, it really <laughs> is, dude. Like both of us are just super slammed at work and just not a lot going on outside of that, dude. It's just been super slammed. And other than that, same old, same old. So boring, just boring. So have you been doing fig hunts? No, not really. I'm kind of waiting on some pre-order stuff to come in. Uh, specific, uh, a couple of GI Joe classified things. Big F and deal. You ever been out on the road? You doing those fig hunts? <laughs> you know, you're wondering what your wife is doing at home. You don't know. <laughs> Do you know what that's from? <laughs> I have no idea. Dude, that was a uh, triple H back at tough enough. Like the earlier seasons. Remember when everybody was coming in, like Austin came in, Taker came in, but then Triple H came in and he was just a hard ass. Like he was just walking up to people, is all take a bump. <laughs> you don't remember that? Dude, I don't remember that at all. Oh, dude, that was hella funny where he's all take a bump. And then he's all then we went up and he punched somebody in the face and so the guy didn't sell it well and he goes, If you sold like that, I'd tag you for real. Dang. You don't remember that, huh? That was the one wow. also that was the one also where he some guy took a bump. And his nuts came out. He's all, hey, just want to let you know when your nuts popped out. <laughs> dude. I'm sending you that tomorrow, dude, so you can watch it while you're at work. <laughs> Man, was he on a cycle or something? Like a little bit of roid rage at the contestants there? Allegedly. Allegedly. I see. Okay. We don't know for sure. Right, right. No, I can't believe you don't remember that, dude. That was one of the be- funniest things. Um, my buddy Fred and I text that to each other every once in a while where we just talk about that one thing where Triple H came in at Tough Enough. It was so funny, dude. Like, it was hysterical. Jeez. No, I don't remember that at all. I don't remember watching a whole lot of Tough Enough, though. I think I watched the season that Morrison was on. Okay. But not much outside of that. I lost interest in Tough Enough pretty quick. Okay, this was the season that uh, Nydia was on. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so that was around like 03, 04, something like that. Oh, two, oh, three. Yeah, it sounds about right. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, I didn't watch a lot of Tough Enough. That's why that one went right over my head. I'll send you that tomorrow on YouTube. It's it's so funny, dude. It's like one of my favorite wrestling things ever. I love it. Oh, and uh, I guess I could get into next week. Um, uh, We need to record early. I guess we can keep this in the show. I'm letting you know now. Uh, We need to record early next week because I will be gone Thursday. I will be going to Aftershock. So is Metallica Thursday night? No, Metallica is Friday night and Metallica is Sunday night. They're doing two-hour sets each night. One of the two nights, if because I got their set list, uh, Eddie texted it over to me, 
their set list from, I think it's called Louder Festival or something like that. Anyway, they did two nights there as well. He sent the set list for both nights. One of the two nights, they're playing the entire Black album backwards. Not like in reverse, like back in the 80s, you'd play albums backwards. You get your subliminal messages. Oh. They're just playing it from back to front. Oh, okay. I was actually thinking subliminal stuff. Yeah, the opposite way of the way you're supposed to wipe. They're going to go back to front with it. So they're living dangerously. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Well, you'll have a good time at that, except for when Anthrax comes on because it's Belladonna. But I mean, I'm sure you're going to have a great time. Are you trying to get thrown out of here first five minutes into the show? Is that the goal? That's the goal. I want to go to bed. <laughs> dude, I'm with you. <laughs> like you, dude, I have been busting my ass at work, dude. Um, we're in the middle of a transition where the boss is starting to step away more. And I'm trying to cover a lot more of the day-to-day stuff and the things that pop up during the day. So it's uh, different when you have to handle three people instead of just one. Right. Are cloning machines expensive? Um... Yes, there are some girls that I've tried that on. You know, oh, just have, you know, you know, just have, make sure you have multiple of, right? <laughs> what? What did I say? Okay, well, I was going to segue into the Aquanet minute from the conversation about aftershock. <laughs> Go for it. But now you've completely taken it in a different direction. But moving on, the Aquanet <laughs> minute this week is sponsored by no one. That's just a, a hint. If somebody would like to jump in and sponsor the Aquanet minute. It's sponsored by Aquanet. <laughs> Is that still a hairspray? I don't even know. I don't. I have no idea, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone the way of like herbal essences. Brett Michaels bought it. Bought the company. Dude, that would be hilarious if like a bunch of '80s like glam guys went in and bought Aquanet. That would be incredible. So, what is the album for Aquanet Minute? So, the album for Aquanet Minute. I'm sure a lot of you '80s kids out there have heard it. I'm going to go Skid Row, Slave to the Grind. Oh, good choice. I loved their debut album. I mean, loved their debut album. It's full of classics. But I like Slave to the Grind better. With a lot of those glam bands, if your sophomore effort sucked, that was pretty much the nail in your coffin. Skid Row released Slave to the Grind. And man... I didn't think they could top their debut album. I had concerns for them on their second album. But Slave to the Grind is absolutely incredible. I can't say enough good things about that one. In terms of glam albums, well, number one, Sebastian Bach is the greatest singer of the glam era. Even though some people have said he doesn't like to be looped in or grouped into that. I highly, highly recommend going and listening to his stuff from Skid Row. It's incredible. He was the best singer of that glam era. Slave to the Grind just speaks volumes about what he brought to the table with Skid Row. It's unfortunate they can't get their stuff together and go tour again. But Skid Row, Slave to the Grind is the album for the Aquanet Minute. Go check it out. Highly recommended. Everything on it is outstanding. Have you ever seen them live? Never. I wish I could have seen them when they were in their heyday, but they won't tour with Sebastian Bach anymore. And if you don't have Sebastian at the helm, like, you're not Skid Row. Sorry, I'm not going to pay to see a second rate. That, that's like a cover band, as far as I'm concerned. So I would not go see them without uh, Sebastian Bach at the helm. Hey, don't knock cover bands. I've seen some good Motley Crue ones. Oh, dude, no, I, I totally agree. And I would go see a good cover band. But if I'm going to pay to see Skid Row, it's going to be with Sebastian Bach as the lead singer. And the rest of the band behind him, Snake, uh, Snake Sable, all those guys. It's not Skid Row without him. 
And like I said, aside, if he's out of it, that's just a cover band as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not paying Skid Row sticker price, if you know what I mean. If anybody wants to get any of our shirts, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees or WhatAManeuver.net. We have the new fully F-Imposable shirt that good brother Mike just got today. It's getting a lot of love, man. It really is. The colors on it pop, as good brother Mike said. That's a direct quote from him. So thank you, good brother Mike, for picking that shirt up. And you guys can pick that up, too, at WhatAManeuver.net. Net. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Opposable, Instagram, Fully Opposable, WFP. You can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all. Send it on over to Fully Opposable, WFP at gmail.com. Scott, you have not done any toy spot, huh? No, uh, one of the pre-orders I forgot about was obviously the Sergeant Slaughter that a lot of people have been getting from the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. Lots of people getting that chase. It looks incredible. Uh, Luis Rivera sent me some pics of his. They look great. Steve Hoker sent pictures of his. Man, I can't wait to have it in hand. We talked about the Who Did It Better Sergeant Slaughter last week, and I had that one at the top of my list. And based on the pictures I've seen, it seems to be the right choice, man. I Mattel just did such a great, amazing job on that one. Such attention to detail. I love the, the love letter to LJN packaging. They even put him in the Sergeant Slaughter quote-unquote LJN pose. It just amazing. Like the, the thought that went into that. It was almost like they took one of us. You know, one of us hardcores that grew up in the 80s and had that love for the LJNs. Told him, hey... We're going to do a Sergeant Slaughter. What would you do? And they just took all of those great ideas, dumped it into a figure. There's the Comic-Con exclusive. It looks great. Super excited for everybody getting those chases. The black card looks great. Um, Waiting on that as well. But uh, yeah, not much toy spotting, dude. Just kind of waiting on pre-orders to come in. So we didn't go over our toy spotting last week. I'm trying to think of everything that I've gotten in. I've gotten the Candace Array figure from, what was it, Elite 8700? (laughs) 8,900. <laughs> How is it? It's it's really good, dude. Okay. I like it. I, the colors on it pop. I really like that figure. I've got the two micro brawlers of the Dynamite Kid. I got that in. I also got in Chella Toys Hayabusa figure. Oh, yeah. When I was over at your place on Saturday, I saw that one. That is awesome, and I love the card stock that they're using. I do, too. A thicker card, and I love it. Yeah. You always did like yourself a thicker package. I did, I did. Wait a second. The cardstock on the cella. It holds up well. Yeah, I thought that's what you meant. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant. I don't know where your mind went. And then I also got the Gigawatt Transformer DeLorean figure. Very cool. I love mashups and I got that one. That is, dude, in terms of mashups, that's got to be up there and one of the best ever. I absolutely adore that Transformer. It is so good. It is, it is. All right. Now I've got to share this story. I got a text from James Frank this past Monday, and I asked him if it's okay to use this on the show, and he said it's fine. James said, last night at PWG, I asked Tommy End if he'd sign a figure for me, and he said it depends on what it is. I said, it is the elite with the jacket. He goes, oh, that's fine. When he was signing, I asked if there was a specific figure he won't sign. Tommy said, yes, my NXT one. The only one I've signed is for my mom. 
James Frank said, I thought that was really special and was so glad I brought this one and not that one. Tommy said he designed all of his gear to be toyetic, so any kid walking down the toy aisle may not know wrestling, but think that that's cool, and I want that. So for all those people out there that are going to be meeting Malachi Black or Tommy End, do not bring the NXT figure. Wow, that is good to know. Thank you, James. Appreciate that heads up, man. Could you imagine not knowing and showing up to a signing and that's the only figure that you have? Oh, I know, dude. Like, I I just feel bad. Like, if I was a kid or something and that was the only figure I had? Oh, that would be the worst. Absolutely the worst. So there you go, guys. A heads up. If you see him at a convention, don't take his... Because that's the one I would have taken. Because that's one of the only uh, Aleister Black figures that I have is that NXT Elite. And no, James is totally right. That is awesome that the only one he signed was for his mom. I think that that's super cool. I totally get it. So I'm kind of curious, like what happens if somebody has money in their hand, they're willing to give him money, but all they have to sign is the NXT figure. Out of luck. Does he make it up with other stuff? Or I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. Like I would be, that's kind of putting in a rock in a hard place. Like, well, you exchange it for a photo. Like if you haven't purchased a photo op and you got autograph only, you exchange it for a photo op or you get the autograph on an eight by 10, you know, or you have them sign a t-shirt or something else, but no go on that figure. And that's a great heads up, man. Well, that's the only one he signed it for his mom. So yeah. Yeah. That's man. Mom could sell that for some coin, huh? Yeah, I know. (laughs) If mom has hard times, there goes that figure. <laughs> quite a hot, bit, too. Hot times, huh? <laughs> I mean, the figure alone goes for quite a bit. Man, with the one of one signature on there, could you imagine? Yep. So anyways, James, thank you for sending that over, man. That was really cool of you to share that story, and we can't thank you enough. Very cool. Hope all is well, James. And Jeff, Stockton yes. Con, you just sent me this text the other day. Stockton Con, they're the Stockton Winter Con. The fashion police are going to be there. I know, I'm stoked. I think I'm way more excited about that than I should be. But <laughs> do I think back to those segments that they did. They were so good together on camera. They just they had a chemistry and they were awesome. I'm so happy I have both of their elite figures. I'm totally going to be attending Stockton Con, definitely getting signatures from both of them. But the question is, wasn't there something that came out a few months back or a month ago? about former talent signing their WWE items. Like they can't use a name on it or something like, so Johnny Curtis can't sign Fandango on Fandango or something like like Tyler Breeze can't sign Tyler Breeze on it. They have to use their real names or something to that effect. Didn't something come out about that? Something was said on one of the dirt sheets. Okay. That they couldn't use their WWE names when signing autographs. Okay. I don't know if that is true. Well, we'll find out. Like if somebody scribbles something, how do you know it says, or what if they use initials or I mean, like what if they scribble? Like, how can you even tell that that's their, let's say, Alistair Black autograph or their Tyler Breeze autograph? Or most of these guys don't have the fluent autographs like King Jerry Lawler does or Jimmy Hart does or. Yeah. Like your Fandango. All you need to do is just write F and you're done. Well, didn't he change his name to Dango or... Something like that, yeah. But I don't want him putting a giant D on my package. <laughs> pow, pow. <laughs> Wait, did you just say pow, pow? <laughs> Is he saying pow? Well, because like Moxley, for example, he had it tough, right? He went from writing D-A 
as an autograph to M-O-X. <laughs> he added a letter and it made life hard. <laughs> Very tough. Yeah. But I hope that they're able to sign their character names. If not, it doesn't matter. They look great signed up on the wall. So either way, whatever, not a big deal. As long as they're signing those elite figures, I'm all good. I know. I'm trying to think of like how many autographs I have because I have the original Fandango figure. The Elite 27 that we just talked about, or 28, whatever it was. Oh, gosh, yeah, that's right. You do have that. I have Tyler Breeze's Then, Now, and Forever Elite. Then I have them as the Fashion Police. So, like, holy crap, am I going to be dropping hella bank just on them two guys? You might. Yeah, you might. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's right. The Then, Now, Forever Tyler. I completely. I, I might be getting two Tylers that day, too. I'm so happy I have those figures, too. The Elites that you mentioned of the Fashion Police. Those are the ones that, remember when GameStop was clearing out their Elite Gosh, was it 59, 58? It was like Roman, mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey, Fashion Police. It was those guys. Yep. They were blowing them out at like five bucks a pop. I would have not bought the Fashion Police had they not been five bucks. And I went in and I think I picked up Ronda, Roman, and the Fashion Police. And I paid the price of one elite. Damn. Yeah, it was like four elites for 20 bucks. And I was like, dude, this would have been one elite at Walmart. So it was a great deal. Like I said, I wouldn't have picked them up otherwise. Super happy I went into GameStop that day, though. So, Scott, that rounds out the beginning segment. We have zero news. No news is good news. Or what is it, uh, Gary Ganoos? No news is good news? What? Do you remember this? No? Great Space Coaster? No? No, I don't remember that. I just dated myself a little bit, didn't I? I think so. I'll tell you what, though. I have been watching the Transformers 80s cartoon. Oh. Those hold up. Oh, yeah, when they would shoot people with lasers and nobody would die until the animated movie. Well, that was every 80s cartoon. Yes, but man, I think that was the worst part of that Transformers animated movie was you were so used to watching the cartoons after school, right? Like you come home, you watch G.I. Joe, you watch Transformers. There's millions of lasers flying through the air. Nobody's getting hit. And then the Transformers animated movie comes out as when like within the first five minutes, they're laying waste to a crap ton of Autobots and your eyes are like huge in the theater and you have like tears streaming down your face. Like, dude, they just off Ironhide and there goes Ratchet. Like, what are they doing to me? Like, you weren't used to seeing robots get killed in Transformers. And the animated movie comes out and they're just offing them left and right. You know why they did that? Oh, yes, I know exactly why they did that. They, I just actually watched a documentary on it. Yes, they needed to put out the, uh, the new toys. So they're like, yep. kill off the old ones, bring in the new ones. Hold on, 80s paper is back. Oh, it is. Thank God the internet wasn't around when the Transformer movie came out. (laughs) We were blind to their mischievous ways. Oh, dude, could you imagine if Twitter was around? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. Oh, I can just imagine. Somebody actually should start that account. Like, trashing movies from the 80s, pretending that Twitter existed back then. (laughs) This is a brilliant idea, dude. Yeah, like, uh, spoiler alert, guys. Optimus turns gray. Thank you, 80s paper, for returning back to the show. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, 80s paper. Yeah. <laughs> Warning on Transform- Transformers animated movie. Don't take your kids. Yeah. Actually, um, I watched a documentary. Uh, actually, I watched two. They were little short documentaries about the Transformers movie. And then they also brought up how Duke was supposed to be killed off in the G.I. Joe movie. Yeah, that's right. And there was such a backlash because of Optimus dying. You've talked about this before, I think, on the show. Right. But anyways, yeah, they talked about that, how Duke was supposed to die. 
And Optimus dying basically brought people out and pitchforks and torches and all that stuff. And they're like, yep. Uh, Duke's okay, guys. It was just a joke. Ha ha ha. <laughs> just kidding. But like, you go back and watch the cartoon, you can totally see the part where he dies. <laughs> it's like clear that Duke passes away in that moment. Right, right. Like, oh, he slipped into a coma. <laughs> they just kind of like dubbed that in. And the kids are like, oh, phew. I thought he was going to go the way of Optimus. <laughs> oh, they just froze him in carbonite, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> joke. They put, him, they put him in a freeze chamber next to Michael Jackson. <laughs> allegedly 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 yes thank you or walt disney allegedly <laughs> <laughs> anyways as i was saying we do not have any news so scott what do you say we hit up the nostalgia segment i would love to but speaking of movies jeff before yes. we get into the nostalgia segment i guess this would kind of be nostalgia as well you know i've never seen ready to rumble okay wait are you bringing this up because of the canyon documentary partly yes because we were i was watching that with shannon and she's like, oh, he was in that movie. I didn't realize that. And I was like, you know, I've never seen it. And she looked at me like I had three heads. Like she was mortified like that I had never seen that movie. Like as a wrestling fan, she was mortified that her husband had not seen that movie. So I, I think I need to put that one in my queue to watch. I'm more mortified that wrestling fans have watched that movie. Oh, shots fired. Shots fired. The movie was terrible. Oh, boy. Here we go. This is going to be good. I can't wait until the listeners start emailing you, dude. This is going to be on. good. Hold on. You know what? This is live on the air. Well, I mean, okay, it's, re- well, it's recorded. It's recorded. At least three days later, but it's as it's live re- as we can get. Okay. I'm typing into Google right now. Ready to rumble. Urban Dictionary. Rotten. <laughs> do you want me to check it? No. Dictionary? No, do okay. not. Do not do Okay. That. So ready to rumble on Rotten Tomatoes. Because all the young kids love using Rotten Tomatoes for some strange reason. Oh, is that what all the kids are doing these days? <laughs> that and other things. Anyways, on the tomato meter, it's 23%. I'm going to guess that that's bad. The audience score with 25,000 plus rating is 52%. It fails in both categories, dude. Well, uh, see, I don't really pay attention to those. I more listen to the people that are fans of the genre. So like I'm more I'm gonna be more apt to listen to a wrestling fan that's like dude you gotta watch Ready to Rumble which I have been told before I just never did it and then watching the Canyon Dark Side of the Ring reminded me like oh yeah I guess I gotta watch that and then now that Shannon is almost ridiculing me about it I really have to watch it. In fact, you know what, Scott? I'm gonna read Ready to Rumble reviews from Rotten Tomatoes. Oh boy. Okay. This is back on October 29th, 2018, from Daniel Barnes. Excrement could have easily received third billing. <laughs> what? This is from Frank Swel- Sweltek, a movie made by Yahoo's for Yahoo's, the cinematic equivalent of a body slam in which the viewer is on the receiving end. Okay, we'll pause. Wait a second. Yes. I have watched many times over and am a huge fan of Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. A lot of people would watch that and also equate it to excrement, but I love it. And if anybody asked me, hey, Mr. Kiss fan, what do you think of Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park? Should I watch it? And I would say, abso-frickin-lutely. So I don't want to listen to Rotten Tomatoes because if you did the Rotten Tomatoes of Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, I bet it's lower than this movie. 
So this Dave Kerr guy on January 1st said, there's not much here for those with ages or probably IQs in the double digits. Wow. So anyways, that's a lot of people's sentiments regarding Ready to Rumble. You're like the moderator in um, Billy Madison listening to the debate. <laughs> Nothing that you brought here is relevant. Everybody in, in attendance is dumber for listening. Or in this case, dumber for watching. <laughs> Which actually has a better score on Rotten Tomatoes than Ready to Rumble. <laughs> I can't wait till the <laughs> listeners come at you for this, dude. It's going to be so good. All right. I'm ready for this. <laughs> Bring it on. Is it better than No Holds Barred? Uh, man, neither were good. <laughs> we actually oh. went to the theater for No Holds Barred. Yeah, it doesn't mean it was good. <laughs> then you had that Hogan scene. You're like, damn it, we're here with mom and dad. I'm so embarrassed. Wait, the porno he made with Bubba's wife? Oh, no. Okay, dude. <laughs> Come on. What's our next segment? Just get into it. Jesus. Oh, yeah. We got to get into this. <laughs> Gosh, dude. What? Wait, we didn't watch that with mom and dad? <laughs> what? Moving on, dude. Oh, anyways, My we gotta goodness. get into the we gotta get into a WWE Elite Series 29. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. Scott, before we get into WWE Elite Series 29, of course we want you guys to check out wrestling figure database dot com over there is a useful tool to figure out what series you still need to complete so if you're going back and collecting any of these figures head on over to wrestling figure database and figure out what figures you need to complete whatever series it may be for jacks whether it's for ljns whether it's for hasbros whether it's for wwe elites check it out wrestling figure database dot com Scott, what you got for a WWE Elite Series 29? Yes, sir. Mattel WWE Elite Series 29 consisted of Andre the Giant. And he was in his singlet and came with a hairpiece accessory, which would basically be the Andre the Giant Afro. This was a two-in-one Andre. Underneath the singlet, he had blue trunks on. And if you put the fro on him, it would have been basically face Andre. You take the fro off, put the singlet back on, and you have WrestleMania 3 Andre. Or basically Andre for his entire heel run. Next up, CM Punk. He was in his black gear, came with a hooded sweatshirt accessory. Damian Sandow was in black trunks, white boots. And he came with a Money in the Bank briefcase and ladder accessory. Eric Rowan. And Jeff, I'm going to describe his outfit as prison wear. Okay. Essentially, it's like what nails wore, minus the sleeves. But in olive green. And olive green. I was just about to say that. He came with a lamb mask and rocking chair accessory. Next up, gold dust. And gold dust was in a black and gold singlet, or I guess full outfit, not singlet. And it was awesome because it was a black base with gold accents, as opposed to the reverse of that that he normally wear, which was gold with black accents. This was an awesome looking application of both outfit and... And face paint, awesome looking gold dust figure. He came with two entrance shirts and a wig, of course. And last but certainly not least, the great Luke Harper. 
He was in a white tank top and blue jeans, and he came with a lantern and flannel shirt accessory. And Jeff, that rounds out Mattel WWE Elite Series 29. I've got to ask, what did you think of the Andre? I really liked the Andre. It basically looked like his Legends figure, but I liked that you were kind of getting two Andres in this one. Uh, with the afro on, it, it looks funky. <laughs> it's, it's not a good job of replicating the hair that he had. I guess it's about as close as you could get with the concept of let's just have a wig that you can put on top of his head. Kind of like Goldust's wig, but I guess Andre had hard hair to replicate in like a plastic mold. So they did as good as they could, but I really like the concept of a two-in-one figure here, face and heel Andre. Well, I mean, you got to admit, it's better than the LJN hair that they had. Oh, the dumpster fire face, Andre. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's garbage. You know, But the funny part is, you knew exactly who it was when you looked at it. Maybe because it was seven feet tall, but you still knew who it was. Yeah, you can't teach that. Can't teach that. I was so stoked to get Eric Rona and Luke Harper in this series because it completed the Wyatt family that I was talking about last week with Breaker and Travis from the TB Toycast. I was able to display them. I was able to put Harper and Rowan behind them, you know, and Bray was sitting in the rocking chair. So I was so happy to get this. It almost felt like you were complete. You're like, ah, yes, all is right in the world right now. Yes, the family is back together. Exactly. Um, uh, The Andre, I, I didn't mind the Andre like you. I thought with the wig on, it was a little weird. With the wig off, it was much, much better. But to be honest, I never saw this figure. Really? Never saw this figure in Colorado or out here. I wonder if he was short-packed because I don't recall. I have no idea. I saw Punk everywhere. Saw Damien. I almost said Mizdow. Damien Sandow. <laughs> um, Goldust was hit or miss. And it always seems to be that way. Like you see one or two figures that are hit or miss. Like you may see him at this Walmart, but you don't see him at that Walmart. You know, that type of thing. Yes, exactly. It just, it, it varies based on which Walmart you're at. And then also there's always the figure that is just harder than anything to find. And Andre was the harder to find figure. Yeah. Like crush in the last set. Andre was in this set. Did you pick up the Andre? No, I passed on that Andre, but looking back on it, I kind of wish I hadn't because it, like I said, it's such a cool idea and it's really a two in one, which I dig. Um, but no, I, I did pass on that one. Gotcha, gotcha. I am going to go over the eBay prices. Andre the Giant with that masterful hairpiece last <laughs> sold September 26th for $59. CM Punk in the hooded sweatshirt last sold September 27th for $78. Damian Sandow with the Money in the Bank briefcase and the ladder. Last sold August 19th for $26. Have you noticed that so far Sandow figures aren't selling for that much? Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of surprising because he does wrestle still for the NWA as far as I know. So it's not like he's dropped off the face of the earth. He's still an active competitor. Uh, WWE should have had something for him. He was just too big of a talent to let go. I 100% agree with you, and that is definitely a topic for another time. We could totally have a long conversation about Damian Sandow. You're right. Super talented, could go in the ring, delivered a hell of a promo, was an engaging character, and they just kind of dropped the ball with him. And that's unfortunate. That was definitely a talent they should have kept around. It seemed like he had untapped potential. 
totally and, agree with you, dude. Yeah, because everything he did, he excelled at. So, anyways. Well, and he's still really good. You watch him in the NWA, still outstanding. Yeah. Oh, God, when he was with Mizdow, that was just gold right there. Yeah, when he was Miz's shadow, yeah. essentially. <laughs> that was so great. Oh, when Miz would take a bump, he would take... Uh, anyways, that was just great. Eric Rowan, Lamb Mask, and the Rocking Chair for Bray, last sold listing. August 23rd for forty nine ninety nine. Gold Dust, two entrance shirts and the wig, last sold September 13th for $55. The Great Brody Lee, Luke Harper, with the Lantern, last sold this past Monday, September 27th for $65. Scott, favorite figure in this series? Man, that's a tough one because I really do like that Luke Harper figure, but I'm going to go with Gold Dust. The only thing I think that's missing from the gold dust would be like an entrance robe of some type, but they did that on an earlier elite. I just love the application of the costume and the face paint on this gold dust. It just pops because it's so different from all of the other gold dust that had the primary gold outfit with the black accent. This is the reverse of that. And it's very eye-catching. I love it. And I want to say too, this elite series 29 might be the strongest set in the 20s. From top to bottom, every figure is outstanding. I think the Andre is amazing. The CM Punk, while they've had CM Punks in previous Elite Series as well, this one stands up on its own. It's a great-looking Punk figure. Talked about the Gold Dust. That's my favorite figure of the set. You complete the Wyatt family here. The Luke Harper is probably my second favorite figure in this set. Outstanding figure. The Rowan. The thing about Rowan is I think they did a great Rowan figure. But there's only so much you can do with a guy in a red beard and prison clothes that are all of green. They did everything they could. You put the lamb mask on him, though, and it really completes it. That's a really, really good Eric Rowan figure. The Damien Sandow, outstanding. I love the accessories that come with him. From top to bottom, I think this might be the best set in the 20s. Uh, I've got to go over because I think there was a couple series earlier that were really good. I want to say it was the one with Ray. I, I, the one with Ray in the... The Day of the Dead, Ray? Day of the Dead. Thank you. Because I think if that's the... Isn't, wasn't that the series? Was Trish in that? I think so. Yeah. No, there have been some strong ones. Don't get me wrong. It is definitely tough competition. But I'm talking about in terms of like the figure quality. I think the accessories and quality of the the face sculpts, the outfits that they put them in, everything from top to bottom, I think this might be the strongest set of the 20s. I love that they did the completion of the Wyatt family. They gave you Bray in a previous. This one, they give you the completion with Eric and Luke Harper. I love that. I love the the two-in-one Andre figure. I love the look of the Punk figure. They did an outstanding job on Punk. Again, most of the Punk figures that Mattel put out in the Elite Series were outstanding. The Damien Sandow, the gold dust, just top to bottom. Everything about this set is just super strong. Scott, that rounds out WWE Elite Series 29. I think it's time we jump into the listener segment. What do you say we go talking to them? Let's go talk to them. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people. And I just want to listen to the listeners. Scott, kicking off the listener segment, comes in from the great, the wonderful, the man himself, Christopher Dean. Now, he said that this might be a little outdated, but we will still read it off anyways. He goes, hello, fully posable, Travis and Breaker. So we didn't get to this question last week when Breaker and Travis were in. Hope all is well. I was wondering up until about a couple of days ago, if Mattel seems to get more buzz 
for its legend figures and Jazzwares for its first time in the line guys and gals because they haven't had figures anywhere but now Jazzwares has blown up that line of thinking with their buzz been worthy deal with the estate of Owen Hart. I never really thought their Luminaire line would go outside of the current roster or old talents in non-wrestling roles. Talking with Scott, we were spitballing names. Who do you think they can get? Take care, guys. What's up, Christopher? Thank you, by the way, for the offer on the G.I. Joe Classified Breaker and Ram Cycle. Thanks for letting me know that you got them in. I was good on the pre-order, but I really appreciate you reaching out. To answer your question, yes, you and I kind of spoke about this last week, and I would say yes, Mattel definitely had more buzz around their Legends line, and all it took was one announcement, and Jazzwares just turned that entire thing upside down, and I love that they did that, because now the Legends line is only going to grow, and I think we touched on this with Breaker and Travis, that now everybody is open for business, right? you're going to have Mattel and Jazzwares competing over names for the Legends line. You're going to want to grab everybody out there. And I think that that's great for the old-time talent. Names that could pop up. Well, I mean, it's the same names I always drop. The Midnight Express. But let's dive a little deeper. Let's go, I don't know, with the Figures Toy Company deal, if they can do it, but why not Jim Cornette? Why not James J. Dillon? We've only had a Build-A-Figure of him, which was great, by the way. Mattel, I couldn't believe Mattel gave us a J.J. Dillon Build-A-Figure. They did. They even gave us a Danny Davis. But you can start kind of going down the rabbit hole now of managers, right? Oliver Humperdinck, uh, the fabulous Freebirds. Uh, you've got all these names. You could go Von Erichs as well. I would love to see a Von Erich multi-pack. You know, give us Fritz, Carrie, Kevin, David, Mike. Give us the whole family. Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. Like, give us... Give us all of them. Like, I'm I'm here for it. Well done. Thank you. You like that? I did. Sometimes I can pop Jeff, and it's a good feeling. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really the door is wide open, or as they say, the forbidden door. Like, it's completely wide open with Legends now. Like, nobody's out of bounds. You can't throw out a name, except for maybe Lasertron, where you're like, there's no way they're going to make a figure of that guy. And then, boom, he's got to deal with Jazzwares, or he's got to deal with Mattel. I'm looking forward to seeing these Legends get deals in hand, and we start getting names that we never thought we'd see. Mattel has kind of gotten that ball rolling with the Iron Sheik, right, as Colonel Mustafa. We got the Goon. Never thought I'd see those two guys in the Mattel line. That's kind of opened the floodgates with Mattel where you really start to question, okay, who's next? What's the next big surprise? And then here comes Jazzwares with, by the way, guys, uh, we got Owen Hart. That's huge. Is Mattel going to hold on to Brett? Is Jazzwares going to go after Brett? You know, guys that they have under deals now, are they going to flip over to Jazzwares? Then suddenly you have a who did it better. A real good one too, because you're comparing Mattel and you're comparing Jazzwares. That's what I'm really looking forward to as well. But the floodgates have opened. Like everybody's open for business now. So I'm thinking a lot of the NWA guys. I'm thinking Nikita. Yes. I'm thinking uh, Magnum TA, Tolly Blanchard, Arn Anderson. I'm going a lot of the NWA guys. But then I also think about world class. We haven't had a Kevin Von Erich figure in a while. We haven't had Dr. Death, one man gang. You could even start going UWF here. Terry Taylor, old school Sting from the UWF. 
You know, I, the Ultimate Warrior, I don't think, is going to fall under Jazz Wares anytime soon. But how cool would it be if he did? Because then you could get a Blade Runners two-pack. Yes, I'm glad you didn't say Long Riders. Yet. But thank you for taking <laughs> that line for me. You put him in another show. Well done, dude. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> but, like, also Butch Reed. What about the Steiners? You know, th- there's so many names, like... Every, it seems like everything's on the table with all the companies that we have now. Yes. It's like, it's almost like after the Owen Hart news, did the, the news jump the shark? Like, of getting future guys. Like, what if hypothetically, let's say Jazzwares comes and says, oh, by the way, we got the Road Warriors. No. I, I don't think that any name is going to top Owen Hart. Right. So was that the jumping of the shark? I mean, yeah, we're going to be stoked, but it's almost like, are we so desensitized to the names that are going to be put out now? Like, oh, you guys are going to get Road Warrior figures. And we're going to be like, cool, we're getting Road Warrior figures again. But it seems like in terms of Jazzwares Legends line, Owen Hart is at like the top of the hill, right? Correct. And yes, you're only going to go downhill from there, but it's going to be a hell of a ride because you're going to get a lot of good names. Like you mentioned, Jeff, the Road Warriors are still out there as a possible get- for a company. And while I would love to see Storm get the Road Warriors, I would be 100% okay with Jazzwares getting them because you got to figure Jeremy's going to want to atone for that LOD 2000 slash Road Warriors 85 gaff from the uh, Classic Superstars line. Don't you start. I, I have to. I have to because Jeremy owes us one. I'm just saying. You can't give us Animal from LOD 2000 and Hawk from 85 Road Warriors and expect us to call that a tag team. I did that with the powers of demolition. I was younger. They could get away with it back then. Jack's got no such pass. They owe us one. Specifically, Jeremy owes us one. And by the way, let me throw this out there. Chad Young reached out. He went to the AEW show that happened last night for you listeners on Sunday. This would have been the show this past Wednesday. He was there and he took a sign that said, we need more figures of Surfer Sting. And he put Jeremy's at on there. And we were both saying we hoped it made it on camera because Jeremy would absolutely address it. So to your point, Jeff, Sting, absolutely more surfer stings. Chad hit him up at the arena. So there you go. We got to have more surfer stings. I would love to see, and we might've talked about this before. I would love to see Jazzwares do a great American bash sting. We've seen it from the Defining Moments series. We saw the uh, TNA figures do it. I would love to see Jazzwares put out a version of great american bash sting then you can really have a who did it better just of that figure but like we've said the gates are open and everybody's open for business now and you start to throw out names and i really don't think that anybody's off the table except again maybe Lasertron, and and possibly renegade but you've got everybody available to you now and it's like i said owen hart is top of the hill you're not going to get higher and bigger than owen hart but you are going to move downhill, but it's going to be a hell of a ride. You're going to get so many good names now from both sides and from multiple other companies as well in the Legends. And being a fan of Legends, and that's mostly all I collect now, are Legends figures. Dude, take my money. <laughs> There's going to be a vacuum pulling money out of my wallet, and it's going to be everybody's Legend series. Yeah, you're going to be getting a lot of people. Well, I mean... In- Let's think of all the companies that are out there now. We've got Junk Shop. We've got Cello. We've got uh, Zombie Making Figures. we got Figures Toy Company. we got Jazzwares. we got Mattel. we got Storm. Mass Republic. Or Boss Fight. Or Yeah, Boss Fight. How many am I up to? I'm, I'm, dude, I'm losing track of all these companies. Oh, 
Greg Gagne's new company. Oh, yeah. We kind of touched on that a couple weeks ago. But yeah, we could possibly have Remco-styled figures aside from the Mattel ones that are going to be coming out from Greg Gagne. Like, who had that on their 2021 card? <laughs> well, let's see what figures they go with. Just because it was Greg Gagne doesn't mean that they're going to be in the Remco-style figures. True, but you got to think that they would want to go maybe names that never made it in. And I think we've talked about that too. Like Colonel De Beers is a great example. Horrible character portrayed on television, but I think would look pretty cool as an action figure. And again, he's not off the table because all legends are going to be talked to now about signing a deal. It's going to happen one way or another. Uh, Who's going to do it? Who's going to get these guys? We don't know. Christopher, thank you for your question. Scott, the next question comes in from the anonymous one, N.A. Is that his real name? He says no. Oh, it's not N.A. Yes. Ooh, okay. Well, there's a clue. Yes. I've got a raging clue. (laughs) My clue's pointing me over here. (laughs) I've got a raging clue. (laughs) Kudos to the people that can just tweet us out of the blue and go, that was a great South Park reference. Oh, I just gave it away. (laughs) Yes, you did. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. That's a South Park reference. And a ask hello, fully posable podcast. My question is with the recent months of major improvement of seeing figures plentiful on pegs and shelves, including from GI Joe, AEW, WWE, Mattel and distribution being much better as well. What do you think the current major headache issue confronting action figure collecting in general? Do you believe is quality control, factory error issues, not enough legends, flashback wrestlers, signing deals with WWE Mattel, or store-only exclusives. I feel one of the few things that really unites the mint on card and loose collectors and collectors of action figures to revolt against in general is store exclusives. Because store exclusives can lead to scalper resellers, which is also another major thorn in the side of the entire hobby. Your thoughts. Thank you, N.A. Yeah, I completely agree, N.A. It is absolutely store exclusives. And as soon as Jeff was reading your question, that's exactly where my mind went. I hate the store exclusives, specifically for the reasons that you mentioned, the scalpers, especially Target, because Target, last I checked, still does not have the bot protectant. So if you've got a bot running, you can get hundreds of the Legends WWE figures and then get them and sell them for as much as you want them to. And that sucks for somebody that just wants one DDP figure that they're going to have to pay like 150 bucks for it. And that's the worst, the absolute worst. To me, the biggest problem is the store exclusives. They need to get it figured out. But look, let's look on the bright side a little bit here. We bitched and complained so much about distribution. It seems that they finally figured it out. You can go into a store now. There are a lot of figures on the pegs. Not necessarily everyone you're looking for, but there's figures on the pegs in a lot of cases. So that's good. We were listened to in that regard. I hope Target gets their issues figured out. But the whole pre-order thing on certain retailers, exclusive figures, has to get figured out. I still remember when we were getting made fun of for complaining about figures. Oh yeah, wasn't that funny? And then guess what? All of a sudden, those same people... Oh, man, I can't find so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. Okay, keep running your mouth. Yeah. P- some people like were like, oh, yeah, you guys aren't looking hard enough and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. It's like, dude, I drove like 50 miles and f- bought one figure. 
Yeah. And sometimes I just bought a figure just to buy a figure. It's something I didn't want. I bought a Funko. Right. Of right. a Superman. No, the struggle was real, dude. The struggle was absolutely real. And it wasn't seen by everyone in every place across the United States. It was hit or miss. But mm-hmm. those struggles were real when you walked into a store and there was literally zero wrestling figures on the pegs. So the struggle was real. But again, I, I think we complained enough and as a collector community made our voices heard that they were like, okay, let's let's get this figured out. Let's let's work together. And I think that they did. And like I said, you can walk into a store now. You may not find everything you're looking for, but you will see figures on the pegs. And that's a huge step forward. But again, the whole store exclusive thing, ugh, not great. It's gotten a lot, lot better. I mean, there's still that initial panic, I guess, because like we were so scarred by not being able to find stuff. Yeah, still. Yeah, when something came out, you were like, I'm not going to find it. Like you had that defeated feeling already going into when a series started popping up on pegs, where now you're like, Okay, I think I have a shot. You know, if I yes. if I go to a couple targets, I think I have a shot. I can find it. I think I'll be good. But man, back in what was it 2017, 18, 19, whatever it was, you just basically were like, "Oh, cool. The new NXT series is out with Alistair Black and forget who else was in that series, but I'm not going to find it." You know, it's yep. just so you you had that defeated feeling. Totally. You Everybody, like, people would find spatterings of it across the country, but... Yeah, I think Harley Race, the Elite Flashback, was a prime example of... And as you mentioned, Jeff, that NXT series with Alistair and Ruby, that was... And Drew, I think, was in that one as well, and Killian Dane. That was a prime example of the struggles of the distribution era, if that's what we can call it. Or the lack of distribution era. Wait a second, who was in that? Killian Dane? I believe it was Killian Dane, Ruby, Alistair... Huh? Gone. Yeah. I'm naming off all the people that just left. And Drew McIntyre. He's the only one left. He's the only one left, yeah. I think that was the series. I think it was those four. Thank you, N.A., for your question. Scott, next question comes in from Kenny, a.k.a. Armbar Figs. Let's see what he's got to say. What's going on, fellas? Just want to say what's up to New Japan Jeff and the influencer, Scott Toon. It's your boy, Kenny, a.k.a. at Armbar Figs. Just want to uh, say hello and uh, wish you guys well on the March to 500. Uh, Thanks again for all the uh, excitement that went into talking about that uh, Day of the Dead Elite Rey Mysterio and the Nostalgia Seg. It's uh, one of the best figures Mattel ever made. And uh, no real question this week. uh, Just here to remind you that spooky season is officially upon us. So break out all them zombie figs. Break out all the mutant figs. Break out all them monster figs. Set them up. Take the photos. And uh, tag me in them. Uh, Hashtag zombie wrestle. I don't know. That sounds good. Hashtag zombie wrestle. Hey, what's up, Kenny? I will always remember you as the guy who recommended zombie figures as Halloween decorations. I don't know if many of you know this, but our house, thanks to my wife, Shannon, is decorated for Halloween 365, 24-7. There, it, when we set up Halloween decorations, I think Shannon puts up like maybe five things because the entire rest of the house pretty much is Halloween decorations. In fact, her nephew, Wyatt, calls this Auntie's Halloween house because we've got Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. She's got a a coffin that was actually a wine display. Uh, It was shaped like a coffin, but it's a wine display set up in the room downstairs with a bunch of her Halloween collectibles inside of it. 
Um, we've got a Nightmare Before Christmas wreath. It's a black feathered wreath above the fireplace. Uh, we've got stuff from the Haunted Mansion or the Haunted House in Disneyland. Uh, collectibles from that all around the house. And of course, I've got the Shinsuke Nakamura zombie figure up on the wall. Thanks to Kenny's recommendation that these things can be used as Halloween decorations. So that is the portion of my wrestling collection that is devoted to Shannon's Halloween theme of the house. So thank you, Kenny, for that recommendation. It was incredible. I never even thought about it. And that's kind of the cool part about doing this show is, Jeff, you and I really knocked the zombies line. We'd ridicule it almost every week. And here comes Kenny with the suggestion that, hey, guys, he's like, hey, guys, it's cool you have that opinion, but what about using these figures as Halloween decorations? And then he sent me the Nakamura, and it totally made sense. Like, yes, these things would absolutely, like, you you break them open loose, which I don't do that. I'm a mint on card guy, so I had to put them up on the wall and call it part of the theme of the house. But you could break these things open and set them up in a little diorama or whatever, and they look fantastic. They fit right in with the theme of Halloween. Great suggestion. I love that you went outside the box with it and really brought that to mind and Jeff's attention and really opened our eyes to it as, like, aside from a gimmick line, something that's cool with the season of the year. And I just totally dig that. And it brought new respect on my part to the zombies line. So you have a coffin in your house? It's <laughs> oh, wait. Yes, because we used to have coffin matches. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I guarantee if if mom and dad had this coffin in their house, this would have absolutely been used when they went to Costco and you and I would have wrestling matches for the belt. One of us would have gone to the hospital with a coffin-type injury, either bouncing <laughs> off of it like Shawn Michaels at Rumble 98 or one of us slamming our head into the bottom of it on a, on a tombstone pile driver, I guarantee one of us would have gotten hurt in this thing. We would have used it absolutely in our wrestling matches. But yes, it was a wine display. I want to say, because Cindy used to work in a grocery store. Cindy is Shannon's mom. Used to work at a grocery store in Alameda. And I think it was there as a wine display. It's like seven zins or something like that. Anyway, it was a display there. And I think Cindy got it for Shan somehow. And I, I forget how she got it out here because she had like an old Pontiac Grand Am. And I, I think she like folded down the back seat and shoved it in through the trunk. Anyway, it made it from Alameda to here, which is, as you know, Jeff, like a 45 minute to an hour long drive. Made it here. And yes, we use that as a um, collectible display in our front room. Like as soon as you walk into the house, boom, it's right there. You mentioned Costco. Now I want a Coco apple pie. <laughs> you can't beat it. Oh, so gooey and good. So gooey and good. Almost moist. I love Coco apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good once it hits your lips. I still remember when Steve Hoker made the uh, Coco apple pie logo. <laughs> At the logo. <laughs> it, was the first, it was the Costco logo. It was fantastic. It's no longer Costco. <laughs> still need a membership, though. Yeah, you're more. you guys are definitely more of the Halloween fans than I am. I'm not a big Halloween fan person celeste is always like let's decorate for halloween i'm like bah humbug you know i'm eh. I, I just i just can't get into it i'm not a halloween guy i don't know i don't want kids ringing my doorbell i just put candy out and have fun just take whatever you want scream at them through the screen door get off my lawn one piece of candy you just dirt take bag. one <laughs> dirt bag get off my lawn <laughs> oh that's what we do at 42 now right exactly we're just grumpy old men Exactly. Kenny, thank you for your question. Or actually, I should say uh, your uh, audio. By the way, uh, 
we are on the march to 500. We have to get through 300 and 400 first. So, but it is a march nonetheless. Yes, it is a march onto 500. So, thank you, Kenny. And make sure if you do put out those zombie figures to put use the hashtag zombie wrestle hashtag zombie wrestle wrestle zombies zombie wrestle. I think that's what he is. Zomb- yeah, and take a picture of uh, the Yeti or the zombie from ECW days. Yes, for sure. And then tag Kenny at Armbar Figs. Thank you, Kenny. Scott, next question comes in. Well, Justin Summers. Let's see what Justin's got to say. Hello, Scott and Jeff. This is once again Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheers with my bi-weekly question. You know, last week there was a lot of discussion on KISS. So let's talk KISS for a second. Unfortunately for me, I'm a newer fan of KISS. That's weird. In 2021, someone's calling themselves a newer fan. Well, they're a band that there were certain songs of theirs that I knew of, but if you were to ask me what albums they were on, I could never tell you. So they were just a band that I knew songs of, basically. And I do know a fair amount of KISS fans. Well, I decided to dive into them right after they announced their farewell tour. And I'd always heard their concerts are amazing. So I was like, I need to get into this band. I took some suggestions from some friends of mine about where I should start, downloaded some playlists off Apple Music, and then just listened to some albums off Apple Music. And while I was doing all this, I ended up winning tickets to their Cleveland show on that tour. But onto my question for you guys about Kiss. What is your favorite album? For me, it goes back to the moment that I opened up Apple Music, took a closer look at their page on Kiss, and I saw an album was marked essential. So I was like, well, this is a good place to start. And it turns out I already knew most of the album. It contained a few of my favorite Kiss songs. So it made getting into them just a little bit easier. That album was Destroyer. And to this day, I love that album. I have bought a Destroyer t-shirt. Even though I downloaded it on Apple Music, I have went out and purchased myself a physical copy CD and, yes, cassette tape. And the CD doesn't leave my car. Now, I don't listen to it all the time, but it's ready at a moment's notice. And when I listen to it, I like to listen to it from the beginning. So why not keep the album in the car? And those tickets to the show that I won, they weren't necessarily the best, but they were free tickets to Kiss, and I had a great time. Easily one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to. The two that I rank up there with it, and I think I've talked about it here on the show before, and for different reasons, Weird Al and ICP. And if I'm correct, uh, I guess it's not the last concert I went to, but it was one of the last. My only regret is I didn't get into Kiss a lot sooner, and I I wasn't alive during some of the earlier years. I think I'd have been a huge fan. So, what is your favorite Kiss album? And for shits and giggles, doesn't necessarily have to be on that album, but favorite song or songs. Some of my favorites are Beth, God of Thunder, and God Gave Rock and Roll to You Too. That will do it for me here this week. Much love to you both. Thank you for everything you do. You guys are awesome. And I'll take my answers off the air. Later. 
What's up, Justin? Thank you for the question. Man, you're totally in my wheelhouse this week. Uh, Before we get into KISS, though, I do want to say thank you for the suggestion the other day over Facebook IM about adding potatoes to existing Taco Bell menu items. What a fantastic idea. Like, my mind was spinning after that, and I was already thinking, okay, Friday night, I think I'm going to get Taco Bell. I haven't had it in a little bit, so I'm going to get Taco Bell Friday night. But now I'm actually like super excited about getting Taco Bell tomorrow night. Well, because we're recording Thursday. Tomorrow will be Friday. You're listening to this Sunday, so time warp. Anyway, I'm thinking about my normal items that I get and throwing potatoes in there. So super excited for my Taco Bell visit. It's going to be off the hook. I can't wait. Going to open up a whole new world to Taco Bell to me. So you need to get a cheese quesadilla when you go with extra jalapeno sauce, Scott. Oh, okay. Not potatoes, just quesadilla and jalapeno sauce. Now take Justin's recommendation and put potatoes on it. Ooh, potatoes in a quesadilla. Mm, you know what? I would try it. A- actually, you know what? Chicken quesadilla with potatoes and jalapeno sauce. That actually sounds hella good. Okay. All right. That's making the list on Friday. So what you got for Kiss? So yes, Kiss is my favorite band. I went on and on about them a couple weeks ago. Shannon and I went to the concert. One of the top five experiences of my life. But for the short answer here, and I I think it's very, very cool that Justin came into them late. Because it's it's one of those things like Kiss has been around forever, but... When you find them, they're new again, or they're new. You've never heard, maybe you've heard a lot of their stuff, but now you're listening to the whole catalog, so it's new to you. I dig that. And it's funny, because like Justin said, you go and listen to the Essentials album, you're like, I know this one, I know this one, I know that. Like You've heard Kiss, and maybe didn't realize it was Kiss. I think that that's so cool. Hearing people get into it, and by the way, Kiss was actually trending on TikTok a few weeks ago. What? The I Was Made For Loving You song had a short run on TikTok as like all the kids were doing it to where Peyton was bragging to her friends that she had cool parents because her parents had two kiss weddings. (laughs) We had a kiss themed wedding when we got married back in 09. And then we did the vow renewal at the kiss mini golf church in Vegas in 2012. Right. So she was a big deal on TikTok because her parents love kiss. Anyway, favorite album creatures of the night. Favorite song, Black Diamond. Love Black Diamond. And it's funny, it's kind of their fake finisher. When they do their sets, they close right before the encore with Black Diamond. At least most of the shows I've been to, they close the original set with Black Diamond. And they did it on this last one. They closed with Black Diamond and then had that brief intermission and came right back in with Beth. Which makes sense. Like Black Diamond is a pretty heavy song. And then you come in with the ballad and then end it with two bangers with do you love me and rock and roll all night. So they close their set strong, but yeah, black diamond, easily my favorite kiss song. I absolutely love it. I still get goosebumps when I listen to it. It's so good. And my favorite album is creatures of the night. Creatures of the night came after their disco period. Actually, it came right after the elder, which was a concept album that completely bombed and uh, they actually cost kiss most of their fan base. Everybody was basically ditching them at that point. And they came back with creatures of the night and, in my opinion, their best album ever is definitely their heaviest. I would put maybe Revenge as second heaviest to Creatures of the Night. But man, they came out of the gates swinging with Creatures of the Night and nobody bought it. I also think it's one of their cooler covers. It's basically just their four faces and they've got glowing eyes. It's almost like they're in a blacklight environment. 
It's so cool looking. They ended up redoing the cover later with, it was like a studio shot, no makeup, but the original one is almost like a blue tint to it. And it's got the four faces, Eric Carr, of course, not Peter Chris, but Ace is on there. And they've got these glowing eyes. It ties into their I Love It Loud video if you watch that. But great album, great cover from start to finish. It's so strong. And Paul, man, he's got a song on there. I Still Love You. Oh, dude. He goes to town on that song. It's incredible. If you haven't heard Creatures, this isn't an Aquanet Minute. I will drop it on one of those in the future. But man, if if you're remotely interested in, in Kiss at all, go listen to Creatures of the Night. It's awesome. And also listen to Black Diamond. It's their best song. Okay, so underrated album of theirs is Psycho Circus. Ew. I liked Psycho oh, Circus. Okay, it's subjective. I can't say ill. That's wrong of me, but ill. Wait, that's wrong of you to do. Well, okay, but Psycho Circus is kind of a farce because they announced it as like the return of Kiss. Like it's their return album as as the original foursome. Right. But Peter, I think, played on one song, maybe two. That's why I was saying it was underrated. It's not my favorite. Okay. Under, okay. Ew. <laughs> Stop with the ew. Ew. I know it's okay. subjective, but damn it. Come on, dude. Psycho, said, okay. I'm all saying it's underrated. I'm not saying it's my favorite of theirs. This must be how you felt when I said Macho Man Slim Jim is the greatest wrestling figure of all time. Uh, ew. See? Now you know my, my struggle right now. Ew, Scotty. Ew. <laughs> okay, so underrated album, Psycho Circus. Okay, but I've got to give it up to Destroyer. I mean, so as I'm getting older, I forget which songs are on which albums. Okay. I don't I don't know if that's happening to you, Scott. Like, some people are like, oh, this album was so good. I'm like, what's, what songs were on that album? You know, it's like I've lost track of what's on what. But Destroyer's really good. I mean, shout it out loud, Detroit Rock City, obviously. Yeah, they opened most of their concerts with that one now. God of Thunder was on there. It, God, that track listing is really, really good, dude. Oh, yeah, Destroyer is strong, dude. It's very strong. I actually met the artist of that cover at Reno, um, Reno Wizard Con back in 2015. It was the same day I took the picture with Dr. Roxo. Yes. The artist was there and I walked by his table and saw the Destroyer cover and I was like, oh, dude, that's awesome. He's like, yeah, I drew that. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> like, dude, I'm like meeting a hero here. I believe he also drew the Love Gun cover. So total icon in like, in terms of like Kiss album covers, like he's that dude. But yeah, that was awesome. He had the very, cause there's different versions of that Destroyer cover. But yeah, it's what an honor meeting that guy. I got to talk to him about Kiss for a while, so that was great. But yeah, I can't can't go wrong with Destroyer at all. I if it's somebody picks Destroyer as their album favorite Kiss album, as Justin did, I can't argue that one. It's a strong, strong album. I'm not sure what my favorite Kiss song is. That's hard to that's hard to say. I mean, their catalog is just long. It's not Domino. I know that. <laughs> Unholy is not a bad song. No. Like I said, Revenge, which Unholy and Domino are both on, is probably their second hardest album next to Creatures of the Night. My underrated Kiss album is Asylum, released in 85. That was the third Kiss album released with no makeup because it was Lick It Up, then Animalize, then Asylum. Actually, Asylum might have been 85 or 86, somewhere in there. Anyway, King of the Mountain leads off Asylum. And it is an outstanding song. Like Eric Carr is on full display in that one. And I love it. 
man, the Aquanet minute went to an Aquanet hour and a half. It did. It did. <laughs> Let's hear for the Aquanet hour and a half this week. It's catching on, dude. It is. I'm telling you. Nostalgia is strong. <laughs> and now it's coming into hair metal. Yeah, you're hitting our uh, feels over here with uh, Kiss, dude. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Justin, for that one this week, dude. You threw that one right in my wheelhouse. Um, also, we can tie this back to wrestling. Kiss played on a Nitro. Yes, and uh, the Kiss Demon has a figure. Yes, the Kiss Demon. So in terms of uh, who did it best, Kiss Demon, I'm going to go figures Toy Company. Because <laughs> it's the only one? Now, outside of that fact, they did it best. It was actually a good figure, too. Outstanding. It made sense, too, because they had the Kiss license to make Kiss figures. Oh, dude, it was a no-brainer. They had to make that one. Yeah, Chris being a Kiss fan. Yes. It just made sense. Oh, completely, dude. If I was in Chris's shoes, I would have done the exact same thing. Justin <laughs> Justin said that Baja Blast is not his favorite drink at Taco Bell. Yes, it's the brisk mango, right? Yes, yes. Interesting. I, You know what? I've never heard anybody say that one, but when I go tomorrow night, I'm getting that as my drink with my value meal that I'm adding potatoes to everything too. <laughs> do you like mango? I do. I love the peach mango bang, so it sounds like it's right up my alley. Okay. Do you like brisk? I do enjoy brisk. Yes. Okay. Then yeah, you're going to be good. I also enjoy brisket. Ooh, yeah. Taco mm-hmm. Bell and bri- Ooh, brisket at Taco Bell. Hell yeah. Ooh, like a brisket chalupa? Oh, dude. Yes, please. Oh, powdered brisket? Bring it on, man. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, like 60... rehydrated brisket? I'm all about that. That's like 60% meat right there. <laughs> <laughs> on a good day. Just like most of their food. <laughs> all right, you better stop it. All right. You better stay. You're, you're I'm... walking a dangerous line there, my friend. I'm angering you and Justin. <laughs> yes, we're getting our pitchforks. Justin's lighting his torches. justin we appreciate you man thank you so much for sending in your question dude we appreciate you over here we love you man scott last question of the week comes in from josh thompson hey jeff and scott jt here back with that bye weekly question what's a wrestling manager you guys would like to see get made into an elite elite style figure i'm going with paul e dangerously I don't know why Mattel hasn't done a figure of Paul's old manager gimmick, but I hope that changes soon as I feel it's a figure that's long overdue. Plus, Heyman is under contract, so why can't it be done? Okay, first person off the top of my head, Captain Lou. Yep, that's who I was going to say too, but I've got another name to sub in for that one. Second name that came to my head right as I was saying Captain Lou, Slick. S.O.B. All right, fine. Scott doesn't get to answer the last question of the day. SOB, I don't know that manager. <laughs> oh, you son of a... <laughs> no, those 80s managers are in high demand over here at the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Mr. Fuji, Captain Lou, Slick, Ozzy Osbourne, Cindy Lauper. I think that those managers should be made into elites. Wow. You went Cindy Lauper. See, I like that. I think that she's long overdue for a wrestling figure. Oh, I thought you were going to say, wow, you really went Mr. Fuji. <laughs> no, I. you know what? If you have Demolition Loose, specifically the Axe and Smash Legends, you are sorely needing a Mr. Fuji Mattel Elite in your collection. Yes. Agreed. You got to have them next to Demolition. I'll stop right there, but those are the two managers off the top of my head that I would love to see as a man as made into Mattel elites. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I would love to because Figures Toy Company has done cornet, but I would like to see Mattel do a cornet as well. Um, we've had our good run of Heenan's. We've had a good run of Jimmy Hart figures. I honestly think like Captain Lou and Slick are the two big. I, of course, we already mentioned Fuji, but Captain Lou and Slick are my two biggest wants. Captain Lou especially. Of course, we're probably not going to get a dynamite from Mattel. You know, we're getting that one from Chella that you can put next to your Davy Boy Smith and Matilda figure. But not having Captain Lou. And again, we talked about it earlier with Christopher's question. Everybody's open for business now. So maybe the estate of Captain Lou will get a figure sooner rather than later. And we've got November Comic Con coming up in San Diego. We've got the Toy Fair in New York coming up in February. We're going to see some names announced. And I think managers are a spot that's kind of been lacking. Obviously, Jazzwares hasn't been around long enough to kind of dip their toes into the manager pool. But Mattel has kind of given us managers here and there. We mentioned the J.J. Dillon earlier. We've mentioned the Runaheenans, Jimmy Hartz. But there are still names that's a pretty deep well you can start dipping into there. Again, I would love to see Cornette, but Captain Lou for me is the big one. And I think it would be awesome if they did little rubber bands on the face. Like, not sculpted on, but like loose hanging rubber bands. I think that that would look so cool inside the package, but I don't know if that's that's doable. That's, of course, extra tooling and whatever. But if you're going to do one Captain Lou, may as well knock it out of the park, right? Hold on. 80s papers shuffling. Oh, hello, 80s paper. Welcome back to the show. If they are under a deal, we will try to get them out into the line. Oh, okay. Thank you, Steve Ozer, 80s paper. <laughs> Okay, let's think outside WWE or WWF. What other managers from the 80s or 90s from WCW or let's say ECW, we could say Bill Alfonso, who would you like to see from WCW? And why isn't it Baby Doll? <laughs> I love it. Look, you could go Ivan Koloff because he, when he was winding down his wrestling career, tended to be in corners of people. Right. I uh, would love to see another J.J. Dillon. I have a feeling we're going to get that one from AEW. Uh, how about Teddy Long as the manager of Doom? How about Sherry as the manager of Harlem Heat? Oh, good call. Good call. Yeah. And man, who else? They really started to wind down managers, didn't they? And it was so sad because they were they were so hot and heavy in the 70s and 80s. Dude, I think a Grand Wizard would be amazing. What about Harley Race? Oh, right there, dude. Absolutely. The manager of the champion of WCW in 93, Vader. Yes, absolutely to have a Vader figure and a Harley next to him as manager. Totally, dude. You're spot on with that one. Well done. Yeah, those are some managers we love to see over here, JT. And obviously we went 80s heavy, but I don't know. It's the golden era. I mean, it was that being so naive and not smartened up and like everything you saw was like real to you you know we joke around we saw paul orndorff pile drive hogan we're like oh my god this is the end of hogan hulkamania is dead and then andre rips the cross off hogan and you're sitting there and you're like oh my god this is the end of hulkamania hulkamania is dead you know you had that you were so naive and you had that believability and you know that's what we love is a lot of that 80s stuff and that's why we hold on to nostalgia so much so yeah, it's when it was real to us, right? Like Barry Windham turns on Luger and you couldn't believe it. You know, you didn't see a ton of swerves back then. And you still had the believability that this was real. 
You know, it was not scripted. This was actually happening and you had friends turning on each other and you'd never seen such a thing before. And Orndorff and Andre and Barry Windham and the list goes on and the mega powers exploding like that was very real to us. And yes, that's why we constantly go back to that era. And, you know, it's kind of my chicken soup for the soul. I want to put something on. I'm not watching current day stuff. I'll be perfectly honest. I'm putting on probably WrestleMania 6. Or I'm watching the very unpopular opinion, best WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania 4. You know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I'm putting on when I want to kick back and watch some wrestling. So how come you're not giving AEW a chance? Well, it's not that I'm not giving it a chance, dude. I'm just kind of burnt. There's just so much wrestling on. It's, ugh, it's so much. It's not that I dislike it. It's, it's honestly not that I dislike it. I've just never... I think I've watched like one of their pay-per-views and it was because Eddie bought it and I went over to his house. Um... It's nothing against them. And to be honest, I didn't watch Extreme Rules this past week either. I read the results, and I read the results of the AEW pay-per-views as well. I did watch CM Punk's debut. I watched Daniel, uh, sorry, Brian Danielson's debut, Adam Cole's. I watched all of that. You know, it's cool to see those guys back. But honestly, I'm just kind of burnt on wrestling right now. Like, my focus really is is more wrestling figures. And it's nothing against AEW. It's it's all around. It's WWE as well. Just curious. You, well, I mean, you can focus on one thing. Uh, right. So my focus this weekend is going to be SummerSlam 92 for an upcoming Drunk Wrestling History episode. Ah, I I do love that pay-per-view. You know, we're coming up on 30 years of that event. Oh, I thought you were talking about 30 years of Drunk Wrestling History. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) My liver can't take that. (laughs) But it has, hasn't it? (laughs) No, I've been drinking that long. Come on, dude. So they're saying that SummerSlam next year is potentially going to be in Cardiff. Oh, so that would be the 30 year anniversary of SummerSlam 92. So pretty fitting that you would go back overseas for one of your biggest events ever to celebrate the history of it. You know, WWE always does it right when they do stuff like that. So I think that that's pretty cool that they're recognizing it. And Scott, that rounds out the show. We want everybody to check out Wrestling Toy Tracker. I was actually on Wrestling Toy Tracker this past week, dude. And... I was just flabbergasted at the amount that LJNs carded are going for. Wow, you used like a seven-syllable word there. Carded? Flabbergasted. LJN? Did you find that in your thesaurus today and you're like, I'm going to fit this into the show? Sound really smart. No, I have no idea where that word comes from. I didn't, I never use that in my daily terminology or my daily vocabulary. Wow, you really dusted off that brain folder, didn't you? Like, what's in here? Flabbergasted. I'm using that one. I know. I use the word vocabulary. Holy crap. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> but anyways, I was looking at Wrestling Toy Tracker, and I was amazed by the prices that LJNs are going for, carded and loose. Is it sickening? It's disgusting. It's quite yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Don't think that selling off a lot of the uh, one of 100s hasn't crossed my brain and wanting to buy a house elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say I blame you, dude. Dude, don't think that that hasn't been crossing my mind because I have an idea of what I could get on those. Yeah, it's a pretty juicy down payment, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In certain cities, I could buy a house. It's not the best of areas, but... Yeah, then you start looking out of state and you're like, I could buy a mansion. Anyways, uh, we want everybody to check out WrestlingToyTracker.com. Over there, you can find the carded and loose prices of LJNs, Hasbro's Galoobs, Just Toys Bendems, Defining Moments, and Retros. So if you're on the hunt for any of those figures, check out Wrestling Toy Tracker to see if you're getting the fair price. Also, check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, where they talk wrestling. They talk 
movies, they talk comics, they talk Funkos, they talk toys, they talk it all over at Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Also check out the TB Toycast. We had those guys on last week. You know what's funny, dude? We had Travis on before we've ever had Bane on the show. <laughs> Bane's a tough guest to get. Like, we thought Steve Ozer was hard. Like, <laughs> dude, that's not even on Bane's level. I know. I know. Yeah. We've been trying to we've been trying to book Bane and he's he's like totally like no sold us. He's like, who's fully posable? He's ghosted us hell of Bane's like the unicorn guest. Bane's like a unicorn, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving it at that, moving on. Stop it, Jeff. <laughs> You're being disgusting. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And also check out Breaker's other side project. I almost said back to the Nintendo. He doesn't have that anymore. No, it's you know it's fake, right? Also check out our buddies doing the favor. They have a sports show. They have a wrestling show. I'm loving hearing the excitement that they have back in their voice for wrestling again. So check out doing the favor and also check out their website where it links up to SKUs and UPCs for BrickSeek and pop finders so again check out doing the favor.com and while you're over there listen to their shows check out the positively pro wrestling podcast that just had another show drop and i don't know the title of the show yet i just saw it on twitter real quick and i had to get going so uh check out positively pro wrestling podcast where you can check it where they talk old school wrestling and it's a lot of fun listening to steve and eric banter back and forth and you forgot the name of the episode so steve's gonna call you a dick again he probably will. At least I remember the name of their podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I did not mean that in a mean way. Now I see why you took him to the second best taqueria. I did not mean that in a mean way or a disparaging way. Just said it in a way that sounded that way. Mm-hmm. Steve, over FaceTime, he's winking at me. Like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? I wouldn't take that from him. The brown eyes winking at you. <laughs> also... Check out the Chick Foley show with Seth, Sheena, and Marco. Of course, we love those guys. And check out their Facebook group, which is a fun group as well. So again, that is the Chick Foley show. Check out Justin over at Wrestling Cheers. Fun show over there where he talks AIW. And we love getting your questions, Justin. We love you, man. RJ over at Ringside Rant. Marty and Rucker over at Boots of the Face. Rucker, you are awesome. Check out Tim's pulling up a chair. Tim's going to be in our fantasy baseball league next year. Yes, we wish him nothing but the worst. No offense, Tim. I'm interested who he's going to keep. Is he going to keep Mike Trout? That is the question. Ooh, we will see. No, we love Tim. All jokes aside, we love Tim. Great dude. Glad he's coming into the fantasy baseball league. Um, That's going to make us talk even more, and I love it. Yep. And Scott, what you got for Drunk Wrestling History? The show that dropped this past Friday was Worst Wrestling Gimmicks. So... Oh, God. WCW 95, here we come. Yes. <laughs> the funny part about that episode is Adam, I guess, misunderstood the concept of that episode. And hilarity ensued, as it often does on Drunk Wrestling History. Because we're not always accurate, but we are always drunk. Okay, I'm really curious how mi- how Adam misunderstood that um you just got to listen to the episode dude i don't want to spoil anything but it's pretty funny he didn't understand exactly what we meant when we were talking about worst wrestling gimmicks like we were talking specifically anyway you you have to listen to it he just misunderstood and it it gets funny and we also just recorded some episodes this past weekend 
and we might have recorded our Master of Puppets. I don't know yet. It's not going to drop probably until end of October, early November, but you'll want to stay tuned for that one. Of course, I'll announce it, but we might have just recorded our best episode. We might have jumped the shark with Drunk Wrestling History. Oh, so it's going to be over after that? Um, We'll see. Did Fonzie die <laughs> after he literally jumped the shark on the motorcycle? No, the story is is that when he jumped the shark, that's when the show started to go downhill after that. Well, uh, the good news is I don't think our show could go much further downhill, so I'm sure we'll be fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. We strive to lower the bar. You'll be swimming with the fishes, see? <laughs> also, check out Barney and Sarah Love Wrestling, and every single day, Ryan Buds does trivia with Buds. Scott, roll call. Yes, going to throw it out to Jason Wolf. If you need artwork, Jason is your dude. I shout him out every week, and there's good reason for it. He's an amazing artist. He, As we talked about with Breaker and Travis last week, he takes your vision, your idea, turns it up to 11, and gives you something that you could not have imagined in your mind, but it's exactly what you wanted when you kind of had the idea in your head. He just makes it better. Again, Jason Wolf, if you need artwork or if you need custom figures, Head over to his website, Doyle, that's D-O-Y-L-E, draws.com. And Jeff, that rounds out Roll Call. And Scott, that rounds out episode 298. Anything else? Stay safe, stay healthy, fig life since 2016, and happy toy hunting. See, this week I remembered to throw it back to you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. You remembered your brother. After 296, 97 episodes, I forgot the one time to throw it back over to you to have you say your little spiel at the end. Was it Travis that pointed it out when we turned it off or was it you? It was me because I looked at you and I was like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I forgot to throw it back over to Scott. As I'm shooting eye daggers at you through FaceTime. <laughs> Anyways, I apologize about that. Do you want to just do it again so you get two out of the way? And No, that'll kind of be our uh, episode 188 moment in episode 297. No, nothing will top 188. <laughs> I don't know, dude. We got a long way to go to 500. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kenny's already counting down the days till we hit 500, dude. <laughs> I know. Hey, look, we're over halfway there. So we're, <laughs> we, we are definitely on the march to 500. And we're living on a prayer. <sighs> the 80s reference anyways uh i want to thank everyone for listening to episode 298 hashtag fig life adios uh, yeah let's go Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully poseable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.